podcasting from the world's most livable city, Melbourne. This is the Your Career Down Under Show, a podcast dedicated to help newly arrived skilled migrants and settled migrants with their career and employment issues. We interview recruiters, career coaches, HR experts and employers who share tips, techniques and insights to help you land a job quickly and rapidly advance your career. Hello everyone. To continue our effort to help job seekers and professionals through these unprecedented times that we find ourselves in. Today we are joined by Daniel Solotki. Daniel is an online therapist and counselor. The topic for today's podcast is how do we respond to COVID-19 crisis and what it means for jobs, career and the work. So let's talk to Daniel and find out more. Good morning, good evening and good afternoon to everyone who's listening to us from wherever you are. You could be just winding down in Australia uh, or you could be in India or you could be in US, you're still sleeping. But welcome to this, uh, you know, the, our daily dose of inspiration that we try to give it, inject to the job seekers out there. And we call this uh, delivering a career care package because it is a care package that we are delivering to all the job seekers out there and professionals out there. So my name is Naishad Gadani. I'm originally from uh, India, migrated to Australia way back. And I'm currently I'm in India under lockdown, at least for another two and a half weeks. Uh, and, uh, you know, since the time of the you know, COVID-19 crisis started to unfold, um, we decided to do something about it. Uh, you know, especially for the job seekers who are feeling the heat, you might have lost a job. You might have been asked to go on an unpaid leave. The contract got terminated way early than you expected um, and many other situations. So what we are trying to do with this, uh, you know, every day doing the LinkedIn event is to provide a bit of hope, a bit of in insights and a bit of ideas about careers and jobs and work in general. So we try to get the guests from different perspectives and you know, different expertise, uh, you know, to uh, to to you especially, and we also welcome questions and comments. So you know, for today's guest, if you got any questions or comments uh, that you want to leave, don't forget to leave that on the LinkedIn live stream itself. I will go check that out and ask uh, the, your question to the guest. So. Uh, Caroline, I'll hand it over to Caroline. She's going to take the lead on this particular, uh, you know, topic, and then I'll come back and jump again. And I've got a few other things that I want to ask you. But Caroline, please go ahead. Thanks, Nashad, and thanks to everyone for joining us. It's um, it's really um, fantastic to connect with people um, via LinkedIn Live and to do the career care package and to bring a whole lot of different perspectives to um, help you go, you know, make. Um, make change or help you find a job during these times because it it is difficult not only have we got um the you know the social distancing but also you know how to connect with people how to rethink our careers how to rethink our job search strategy and a career isn't just about 
you know, what you do for a job, all around, you know, your success in that is often how you see the world and how you see yourself in it. So today we've got Daniel Solodki. Daniel's a really dear friend of mine. And Daniel is a non-dual psychotherapist and counsellor. And we're going to talk about um, this COVID-19 crisis and how it might impact you and perhaps a different way of looking at the world um, as a result. And Daniel and I have had a lot of chats around what does this mean and what does the world look like and how, how does it mean for the way that we show up. So I'm delighted to introduce you to Daniel. So um, Daniel, do you want to give people um, a, a rundown of, of what you do and, and um, how you work with people? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, hi, Nisha. Um, Caroline, thanks for having me on the program. Um, yeah, so um, basically, I think Nisha, you made a really good point about um, at a time like this, we need hope. And I think essentially um, often clients might come to a person like myself who works as a career counsellor um, or a you know, um, psychotherapist, um, in terms of feeling really lost and not quite sure where to go next. So my specialization would be in dealing with crisis and supporting that client to journey fully into their crisis and not to prematurely jump out of the crisis. Mm. Because one thing we know from crisis management is that if we journey further into it and come through the other side, we typically will come through reborn and with a completely different perspective um, in terms of how to um, contextualize and live out our life to have more meaning and purpose. And this is tough, like it's, it's difficult work. And I think at the moment we're obviously facing some challenges that we haven't been through before on this scale. But I think one thing I'd love to get across really is that, you know, we there's a massive emphasis right now on returning back to a sense of normal but i think what i'd like to encourage people to do is just to take a moment to step back and just to really question how we define normal in the first place and working in mental health and as a psychotherapist i think um my i talk about we as a, as a profession we sit with people during some you know really difficult you know dark moments um throughout their life and often triggers into um, therapy would be depression and anxiety, um, feeling really lost and confused around what to do for work. And on the more extreme cases, we're dealing with issues around um, schizophrenia, bipolar, um, things around um, you know feeling suicidal, uh, making suicide attempts or self-harming. Um, and then also dealing with the more extreme spectrums too of human behavior where people are victims of crime um, and really struggling to come to terms with um, quite brutal trauma histories. Um, so very much, you know, we work on that cutting edge of how do we help people through these crises and um, how can we help them, you know, get meaning and purpose and do the things essentially that they love to do in life. And, you know, a key outcome of my success would be supporting a client fully through the crisis to find work. And the measure of that would be work that the client does find genuinely interesting and um, enjoyable as well. So it's, it's authentic self-expression. Uh, into into work but just yeah that point i really want to you know, get across today really is well how do we define normal and mm -hmm. currently the way that we're living our existence is that normal mm -hmm. and so the indicators there would be well um suicide rates are quite high at the moment um depression rates are high 
anxiety rates are high. And then there's also a tremendous um, pressure placed on both individuals and family in terms of the cost of living. And there seems to be a belief that we have to dedicate our entire working life to paying off a mortgage, throw the kids in the car in the morning, throw them out into school, you know, run to work, run back from work, get the kids from school, you know, feed the kids and just go through this daily grind, a bit like Groundhog Day and just repeat, rinse and recycle. And that's something that we're handing down to, to younger generations as well. And the statistics coming, coming out of schools at the moment is that we know that one of the fastest areas of suicide at the moment is unfortunately with um, our young kids and teenagers and, and self-harm and depression, anxiety. So I'm kind of grateful in some ways. Um, and I say this with complete heartfelt respect for the people that have lost loved ones and are on the front line at the moment. But I am in some ways grateful for this crisis because I think it's directly reflecting back to us areas that, where we can improve and grow um, as a society and as a global society. And I think, for example, in Australia, we're seeing some really um, interesting ways of delivering social support to take the cost of living pressure off families. And so, for example, we're seeing banks that are freezing mortgage repayments for six months. Um, I'd love to see that go further in terms of interest freezing for six months. Um, we just I just read recently today that some rental increases are now banned, so landlords aren't able to put up rent increases. And then we're seeing you know essential services jump out there and offer you know financial hardship arrangements, um, stuff like that. And of course, we're also seeing in Australia an increase to um, the um, support on social security for those that are actually out of work. So the government has increased what they're paying to those that are unemployed. And there's various incentives, obviously, for businesses to remain open. But what that's essentially doing, though, is saying that we recognize at this point in time that work, the nature of work is insecure and that it's natural that we will go through these peaks and, and flows where employment increases and it decreases, often through factors that are simply beyond our control. And I think what I see a lot, um, particularly with the younger generations, I, I do work a lot with graduates, there can be this drive to find a job that apparently is secure. But my argument is, and this is where a lot of stuff comes from, um, so that the Buddhist or the non-dual non traditions is that, is nature secure? Like, is, is our world secure? And well, we probably know, well, no, it's not secure because um, we can have a fantastic job, but that can actually end at any point. And um, throughout my career in HR, like I've certainly worked on a lot of projects where unfortunately staff were made redundant. But my concern is that often um, at the social level, we might say, well, because you've lost your job, oh, there's something that you've done wrong. Like that's your fault. Um, maybe you should have started a different course or, or taken a different avenue within your career. So that burden kind of sits back on within the individual. But I think it's impossible to have these expectations where you can maintain one job for the rest of your life and that the company that you work for isn't going to close or not be subject to some kind of, I don't know, environmental disaster where it can't work or something like that. So my interest is, is how can we redesign society so that some of that pressure is taken off the individual and the family as well? Mm. It's a real um, redesign by force at the moment, isn't it? It's like we're in this sort of, feels like that we're in a holding pattern and we don't know what what our sense of security, we, we, I always go back to, you know, that saying, well, at least you've got your health, right? But mm. we 
say we we don't we don't know what's what's out there and what's going to hit us yeah. what's going to hit our families so our sense of security is has gone from a really base and fundamental level and it'll be mm. really interesting to see because all of the old arguments from you know the conservative side of politics is you know don't raise a allowance job seeker allowance mm. don't prop up the economy um you know not free childcare, care um, yep. market Bosses, all of that stuff, all of that's, you know, completely gone bust, basically. Mm. So everything that we sort of, you know, our belief system, but our, our, our sense of security is kind of gone during this period. And I really like what you said around, you know, what are we setting people up for? Mm. Um, you know, what, and, and it's also equates to the stress level, I think, that we have is that what we had in the past was always was changing but this has accelerated that that change so we can't even go on what what was fit for purpose in the past is going to mm. take us to you know moving forward into the future it's mm. um yeah but i was interested in what you were saying about you know interest in buddhist um psychology or buddhist mm. like how, how how did the buddhist view all of, of you know, yeah. all of yeah. what's going on if you can yeah. sum up that up in three sentences i'm sure you Obviously. Yeah, sure. I'll try to. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, look, I, I think there's there's two really good parts about Buddhism. One is that there's a um, there's a philosophy around it, but there's also mm. an action orientated component, and I think they're both mm. very important. But essentially, I'm um, really with Buddha went through his own crisis. I mean, and he was um, came from a wealthy background, uh, to my understanding, and then looked around and saw that there's immense suffering in the world. People were ill. People. Um, are prone to all sorts of traumas and, and hardship. And so he went off and sat under a tree and he sat there until he figured out existence. And that's when Buddha reached enlightenment. And what he saw there was that um, existence is one vast um, field of interconnectedness um, and that we are essentially one um, universal consciousness arising from everything. And then what he saw from that is that um, there is no such thing as security that everything will arise and then return back to source. So we're born from source and we return back to source and that separation from source actually never um, never disappears. But what he saw also is that this key teaching that the very things that we hold on for security eventually at some point will end. So we know, for example, um, we can have fantastic marriages or relationships and unfortunately at some point they may break down. We can have, you know, amazing jobs that might be in your dream company um, earning six-figure salary or you're an entrepreneur earning you know 15 million dollars a year plus whatever um, and at some point you know that may come to an end and it's just a, the natural ebb and flow of life and so what the buddha saw was that really we do pass through these different seasons in life so we have a winter time an autumn a spring and a summer and it may not necessarily be in logical sequence you might move around a bit but then within that as well, you know, he was saying things around, well, if we are interconnected, then we have to take care of each other. And it's fundamentally important that we do take care of each other and we care for people when they're sick. We care for people when they're down on their luck and that we're able to um, build these social systems and support systems that will help people through the various seasons of their life. Um, and so I kind of think about, so what does that mean in our current economic situation when you know, millions of people are without work right now. And I think that what I would love to see is that we're able to incorporate some of these care principles um, into the board level and to um, how we operate our businesses 
And so, for example, um, and Caroline, we spoke about this a little while ago, but just take an example, say farmers, right? So we know farmers are absolutely critical to our existence, but we also know that farmers um, are subjects to weather. So with droughts, with fire, um, with flood. But I think we've reached a point within um, our society where we have sufficient technology available and data available where we can say, okay, we know that this particular region may take one to two years to recover, three years to recover, six months to recover, but we've got data there to support it. Let's just give those farmers a complete break. So no mortgage repayments, no debt collection. Let's rehabilitate that particular section. So that would be an example of maybe um, applied um, Buddhism in action. Um, another one would be just really simply about um, let's just strip away um, all these labels like, you know, Republican, Democrat, liberal, labor, whatever. Let's just strip all this away and let's just focus on what do we need to exist. And so we know that we need to eat food. We know that we need medical care. We know that we need somewhere to live. And we also know that we need love, right? And we need family. So what can we do as a society to bring all of that together and to make sure um, that we support each other to do that? And I think as well, um, I also draw a lot from um, like native indigenous culture because um, there's extensive knowledge within these First Nation cultures around how to exist in harmony uh, with the planet. And there's some really simple things in there. Like, for example, are we able to breathe our air? Great question. And then another question would be, um, are we able to drink our water? And then do we have shelter? So there's really simple questions where we can just strip away and focus on necessity. And then um, on top of that, just some other questions around meaning and purpose is that are we able to contribute back to um, our society in a way that has meaning and um, purpose for the individual? And that's where I kind of kick into a bit around, you know, career counseling is help, helping an individual connect into their strengths and interests um, to then go out and contribute back to society. Mm. But um, another area why I'm, again, and I, I say this with heartfelt respect, why I'm kind of grateful for this virus in terms of what it's reflecting back to us, we can see here how that the, our dialogue has changed as a society where there's tremendous amount of respect now for all of um, the medical workers, the supermarket workers, um, the delivery drivers. So all those individuals that are in service occupations and cleaners um, right now, like that's the new army out there, you know, helping uh, humanity right now. But yet, previously, we tend to look down upon these these occupations. And imagine, like, if your kid, you know, imagine you've got like a thirteen-year-old child who comes up and says to you, "Hey, mom, or hey, dad, like, I want to be a cleaner." Mm. Like, what are you going to say to that child? Mm. You know, and so this is what we. Um, this is the context that we, we bring our kids up in. Mm. And then the other context that really worries me as well is that, for example, in Australia, we know that some, you know, the average house price is about, was, is fast approaching a million dollars. And so the downward pressure that places on, you know, this generation coming up through to have to devote their, you know, their, their working life um, to do that. But then the other thing I love too about what we're seeing back in terms of how the, the narrative or language is changing too is that we're, we're starting to see how, this crisis is identifying um, inequality. And so we're mm. seeing things around um, that social distancing is, is privilege. And it's true, like it's complete privilege that I've got somewhere, I've got shelter I can go to, 
and I can, you know, lock myself away. But others, other people don't have that luxury. Mm. Well, we're seeing also, what about those people that need to keep three jobs at minimum wage, you know, just to afford to pay for rents? Mm. And another thing, Carolyn, just to go back to your question around Buddhism, um, and I think this, you know, also taps into um, Indigenous culture around the fact that um, money itself, there were um, cultures that existed without money. Mm. And I think sometimes we forget that, that money essentially is an artificial human construct that we've um, created and buy into but it creates obviously so much dysfunction at the same time. And if you don't have access to money, then that's when we run into trouble. Mm -hmm. But these things around, um, do I have enough money to pay rent or do I have enough money to um, pay the bank for my mortgage? Mm -hmm. Do I have enough money to um, buy food this week? These weren't questions that indigenous cultures had to worry about because that was provided by the, um, by the tribe mm -hmm. or by the unit. Um, and so they existed without money, you know, prior to Europeans coming. And obviously, the, you know, they, they did have, they did trade between nations. That was important. But mm -hmm. it was done without, you know, financial transaction. Mm -hmm. And I sometimes ask questions um, with my work as well, just to help people kind of start thinking on a very different level. But I sometimes ask the question, like, for example, did you ever meet a dog that was unemployed? <laughs> um, or did you ever meet, say, um, a tree that charged a bird rent? Mm. And so... We know that in psychology, um, you know, being in being in nature is fundamentally important on so many different levels. But just mm -hmm. the fact of going out into nature, if you can, obviously it's hard with lockdown now, people can't do that. But if you do have access to nature, just going out into nature and, and watching how nature exists. And, mm -hmm. it, and it, it comes from this thing around give and take that, you know, mm -hmm. the bird naturally trusts that tonight it has a tree it can fly to or it naturally trusts that when it want, needs to build a, a nest for shelter, you can just, you know, there's sticks available um, for the tree to do that. Hmm. And so I think so fundamentally, I'm oh, sorry, go sorry, ahead. Yep. I was just going to say, you know, from a, I guess, a making your way in through this world where I think a lot of people's value systems are being shake, shaken up mm -hmm. around, you know, well, my family's important, my health is important, um, my broader community is important and, you know, um what do you what are some of the things that people could do to try and i guess ground themselves back because you've mentioned a few things there you mm. know in terms of you know just looking at our entire i guess existence and what we value and what we need to to survive mm. um, or what we think we need but well, what are some yeah. of the things you would suggest that people um who who want to make a change during this period actually do like what what yep. what some some of the questions they could ask themselves that, that mm. would help come up with some of those answers? Yeah, it's um it's a really good question because um this is something I've like I've thought about a lot you know during this mm. crisis how is it possible to um offer you know really practical advice that genuinely helps people um through what we're going through. But on the other side, like I said, to actually, you know, find a job that is in alignment to what a person likes. But I think um, what comes up for me, Carolyn, is really about what are the core principles of maybe crisis management. And we know there's, there's probably two stages. One is where you need to fundamentally take care of your most immediate and pressing needs. 
Mm. And then the second one is that at some point, once you've met those needs, then you can focus on this rebuilding stage of where you reconnect back into what gives you a sense of meaning and purpose. Mm. So for that first part in terms of reconnecting back into stability and meeting um, fundamental needs, really simple things of just um, one day at a time, one step at a time. So, for example, and doing that most difficult and pressing task um, for the day. And so, for example, that might mean literally calling up your bank and saying, hey, I can't pay my credit card. I can't mm. pay my mortgage. Can I please apply for financial hardship? Could you mm. please freeze my interest for six months? Mm. So making sure that you have those difficult and tough conversations without shame. And remember, it's mm. not your fault. Everyone is in this big, messy boat right now. So that's really important. And then another aspect too is um, just on that part of about asking, for, sorry, about meeting your universal needs is about um, asking for help. So um, to, to be, say for example, to have to negotiate with a bank can be stressful, but sometimes mm -hmm. what may help is that, for example, in Australia, we've got the National Debt Helpline. So if you, um, for example, if you call that um, helpline, um, it's staffed by qualified financial counsellors and they've got really good resources and, and templates, even email templates. So mm -hmm. you can just copy and paste that template and send it off to your bank. So that makes things really easy for you. But those services are fantastic because they can advise you of what your statutory rights are. And so we know that in a time like this, when a person is in crisis, banks actually do have um, requirements to offer you hardship and to suspend mm -hmm. payments. Um, so that can be quite helpful to know. And then obviously as well, um, really basic stuff too about, and again, uh, this is this is, the, this is a double-edged sword and um, obviously taking care of nutrition. So try and eat, you know, healthy foods. So try and avoid the cigarettes, the alcohol, um, the drug intake. If you can just focus on eating um, healthy, that obviously will make a difference. But I'm really mindful as well, like, but what do you say to someone that just can't buy food right now and is, is mm -hmm. potentially facing... Um, losing their home or is having to rely on food bank because they just don't have enough money. Um, so that would be, you know, asking people for help, asking neighbours for help, um, mm. contacting um, charities for help. They can connect you into food bank services um, and um, for other crisis support programs, um, you know, domestic violence helplines, stuff like that. So just know that there's there are people out there who are on your side um, mm. and who want to fight and advocate for you and to make sure that you're okay. Um, if you're finding things really tough, like really stressful, um, you know, we, there's um, you can call uh, mental health hot hotlines. So, for example, um, suicide um, services or critical depression hotlines. Mm. Um, if you're grieving and you've lost someone close to you, um, the specialist services out there for free grief counselling. So really leveraging um, their support services available for you. Um, and then also, again, not um, forgetting about really practical stuff about making sure you can get some sunlight every day. Mm. If that means, um, you know, being on your balcony or sitting by your window or out in your backyard or in those countries where you are allowed to go out for exercise, try and get your daily um, um, allocation of exercise is really important because we know exercise helps release the feel good um, mm. emotions. Yep. So that's the basics of, of crisis care and really um, not being afraid to fully enter into the crisis, like I said, um, like I, I know it's tough. It's extremely tough because you know. Again, if you're, if you don't know how you're going to buy food this week or pay a mortgage, um, that's tough. But what I wanted to really encourage you is that we're all in this together, and we're going to make it out. Um, we're going to make it through on the other side. And then, 
the other part, so the second part to it is that start pushing back on people. Like mm-hmm. we've been sold the biggest fucking lie there is in terms of having to go to work, pay your mortgage, get a stable job, and we're told we'll be okay. But we know mm-hmm. that's not okay. And governments, governments have known this for a very, very long time. But what it takes is very courageous policy to start looking at how can we reduce the burden on the individual and on the family and how can we look at very creative ways that um, economies and governments and countries can generate and gain access to um, money to meet you know universal needs throughout the economy mm. yeah so i hope that helps it's a it's a different way and so I one thing that really gets me through in my work, um, particularly when we talk about careers, is that I, I'm a really strong advocate of each person has inside of them um, this intrinsic calling that is unique to them. And I can't mm-hmm. tell you what that is, but what I do know for sure, and the psychological research um, backs this up 100%, and any counsellor will tell you this, is that when you connect into your strengths and to your interests and what gives you energy, that becomes a ticket to, to well-being. So generally doing what you enjoy, I think is critical. Mm-hmm. Now having said that, so I'm really quite, another powerful thing about Buddhism is that they talk about paradox. Mm-hmm. So we, we can actually have simultaneous truths at the same time, right? So I've just said to you, it's really important to um, hold on to what gives you meaning and purpose and what you find enjoyable and what's in, in alignment to your interests. But what do you do right now if your job is to stack supermarket shelves because you can't get a job in your in your own area or your own field of training, right? Or what do you, or for example, Neshad, I think, you know, what do you do if you're like an IT graduate or an MBA graduate and um, you're stuck driving taxis, for example? And this is where um, I think it's really important to come back to these principles of, um, of service that your job right now of... Um, placing baked beans onto um, a supermarket shelf is sacred. It is so sacred right now because you are helping to feed humanity and we need you. Um, same with taxi drivers, like we need you. You know, cleaners, like we need you. Um, and I really hope that we can use this crisis that we're going through to provide support to our, to our frontline workers that without them, we can't function. Like imagine what would happen if all of our supermarket workers went away. Imagine what would happen if all of our cleaners went away, all of our garbage truck drivers went away. Like we need these people. Mm. So I hope that there's this. Yeah, yeah. it's really interesting what you're saying, and uh, you know, about holding, there's two things that you can hold truthful, but they might contradict each other at the same time. But, Mm. you know, there is a direct connection between, I guess, putting baked bean cans on a shelf and but understanding what your purpose is. Do you know what I mean? If you can find Completely. some connection with that to yep. it's important to me to, to help and serve others, then mm. that, that's part of that. So I think so, yeah. It's also yeah. about, you know, like work, right? We call it work because, it, you know, it, it's meant to be, not meant mm. to be, but we feel guilty if it's not hard. Mm. And so... It doesn't like you, you can find some joy in some very very simple simple tasks i think if you under mm. if, you, if you believe you feel that that is doing something that you think is important so mm. it's an yeah. interesting time a lot of people are going to be making those I feel, you know, what, sorry one of, one of the one of the things that i always you know uh, in in whenever i 
worked with people who were uh, challenged, who had, uh, you know, injuries at work. Uh, you know, we are trying to help them to change their career path. Uh, you know, is this thing that I somehow came across is that either you find a meaning in the work that you do mm -hmm. or either you find a meaningful work. Mm -hmm. uh, because, I, you know, I think it touched on that point is that the purpose of the meaning is incredibly important. It could be a meaning for you. It may not mm -hmm. be a, may not be the same meaning for someone else. But I think it is it is critical to find a meaning. And it is, you know, it is that meaning that that probably propels you through this crisis in, in some or the other way. Mm -hmm. But that meaning has to be nurtured. You know, that means that. The other people around you should also start to start to mm. agree with their meaning. That yeah, have, I think which so. is your meaning. Yeah, of, absolutely. You know, because I think I think unless unless the other people start to really uh, agree or acknowledge mm. or start to appreciate that, you know, otherwise it, it is going to be very uh, sort of resistive thing. Mm. You know, one of the one of the story that comes to my mind is that there was a temple being built. And the priest walks in, and uh, there were two bricklayers. So he asked the bricklayer, that, what are you doing? And he said, I'm just laying bricks. And he asked the other bricklayer, he said, what are you doing? And he said, I'm building a temple. Uh, it's the same act, mm. but a profound difference in the mm -hmm. way both of them approached their work. And I think it's, that, it's, that, it's the meaning that, that you associate with it. Is, mm. is first, of all, first of all, you agree and you acknowledge and you fall in love with the meaning and then mm. you start to communicate the same meaning to your wider audience where people start mm. to say you know what now that makes sense what you do has got a meaning like you know staking you know putting beans on the you know staking shelf now it could be meaning mm. that i'm feeding i'm 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 helping people in this covid 19 crisis mm. just because i am there to provide them the food mm -hmm. or for some of them maybe you know what just taking the shells and that's fine i'm not saying that either meaning is wrong but but start to see what what will find you even a even a drop of a joy mm. in doing that kind of mm. and it is the opportunity like there is the opportunity to do it now isn't there um i guess when something's taken away from you it's a good time to reflect on did that have meaning for me and, and what was i what was i striving for like, mm. what, what did that really mean? And, you know, I, I notice it, like, even today, you know, it may not be an intellectual thing, like a thing that you reason in your mind, but certainly a felt thing. It's like, mm. um, you know, I, I had a sense of relief today when I didn't have to do a particular task. I won't say what mm. task it was, but I'm like, I just suddenly feel a lot lighter. Yep. And that's a real indicator, you know, it's how do you, how do you feel? Um, my spirit's lifted and... Mm. Um, yeah, so mm. that that felt meaning is just as important as mm. what you can actually. Sometimes you can't even, you know, put that in words or, or think mm. it, but you can certainly feel that mm. that that meaning as well. So, and I know a lot of some of the work that you do, Daniel, is around that sort of what's embodied, what's in, what's felt mm. in your body, you mm. know, in terms of um, yep. trauma and responses and. You know, we've often spoken about, you know, the Monday-itis and mm -hmm. the Sunday-itis or the Saturday-itis or the Friday-night drunk-itis that, mm. uh, yeah. Monday um, after work drinks, yep. Yeah, Tuesday yeah. morning drunk. <laughs> that's right, yeah. <laughs> so that, yeah. that's a really good point, Ryan. So that's, um, 
that you know that's a, a key measure of success i think in terms of what i would hold myself accountable for in the work i do with clients and that would be is that does that client um start to experience the complete eradication of monday artists and mm. sunday afternoon blues because when you do align into work that you like um those concepts just drop away mm. and then as well, I just want to throw out one more thing if I can, right, because I, I'm sorry to be really crude, but I think sometimes it's helpful to be crude just for a moment, right, is that how much bullshit jobs we create just for the sake of the fact that we have to earn money. Mm. And, and so we open these factories producing um, poor quality goods that, you know, pollute the environment. But the reason we have to do that is because people need to earn money and need to sell products, right? Mm. So I think that's something else to be mindful of as well that, um, what are ways that we can, you know, increase quality within our economy and improve the quality of jobs? So, for example, with cleaners, are we providing them with, you know, the best of working circumstances? Are we paying them proper wages and not setting up, you know, dodgy arrangements where we can undercut each other and, you know, or try and bypass having to pay award wages um, or have to um, overwork cleaners by over-rostering or understaffing, whatever? But where we're really genuinely taking care of each other but looking for ways again that we can just take the pressure off each other um mm. so you have to constantly go out and earn money if, if that makes sense and i think to me i call this thing this primary drive to have to earn money to have to pay bills and to have to pay mortgage is for me like a core fundamental trauma that we mm. have in existence right now which other species on the planet don't have that that same trauma mm. and yeah, we have so many ways of coping with the trauma that aren't aren't helpful. Mm. It's like you just going back to, you know, the drinks on Friday night and mm. the overeating and the overconsumption and the overbuying and the yep. spending bitches and, you know, the online gaming and all of those things yep. are there to mask something, you know. It might be that mm. we're stressed out because of our jobs or just stressed out in general because of the pressure to earn money or be something that, doesn't really feed the soul and mm -hmm. but we, we're so far removed from what that is i think yeah i think so yeah and that that can provide it like a really um like we're, we're, no, we're, the topic of today is, is about crisis and you know mm -hmm. moving through crisis but i think you know it's is it's a really great point you make carolyn because um crisis can be triggered through say addiction to drugs and to addiction to alcohol mm -hmm. um and we know that sometimes that can result because there is a disconnection from meaning um, and feeling safe in life um, mm. or coming from a really traumatized backgrounds and using drugs and alcohol to cope. But yeah, mm. we definitely one thing I do see a lot, yeah, is that people particularly um, surprisingly in professional occupations, so say for example, law, um, you know, alcohol use and drug use is quite high in those occupations just to cope with the stress and the pressure. Um, so, yeah, it's really interesting that even without this, you know, COVID-19 crisis, that there are other crises that don't really get spoken about. Mm. And um, like, you know, Carolyn, we mentioned yesterday um, when we were preparing for this interview that um, global um, suicide rate is about to hit 1 million people each year die from suicide. Yeah. And that doesn't even include the, um, the attempted suicide. So 1 million people will successfully end their lives mm. this year. Mm. It's shocking. It's just, it's, yeah. yeah. And, and you know, when, but we think about it and the society that we're very lucky to live in, mm -hmm. all of our basic needs are met, you know. Yeah. So there's, they're met, they're exceeded. We've mm. got that joy of being privileged to be 
able to socially distance. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. Nesh, did you have any anything you wanted to add? No, no, I, you know, no, I, I think, uh, you know, the conversation, you know, would be if, if this triggers anything, as I think uh, Daniel mentioned, always you can reach out to me on Blue or Lifeline. I think they've got some fantastic support available to you. I know it's a, it's a tough conversation on a Friday, but, you know, any day, any day is a Friday right now, uh, mm. at least for me where i am uh, we we have to ask you know what which day is uh, you know it's but but, uh, but i do getting up day <laughs> but it is but it is it is a conversation to have i think it is uh, it is fine to engage sometimes in this uh, you know philosophical arguments and conversations about work and what's happening because this is we did not have this conversation a month back forget about mm. one year back one month back, if you ask someone, say, you know, what are you talking about, right? Mm-hmm. But now this has, this has absolutely sort of accelerated the disruption in all part of our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, incredible disruption. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And and uh, you know, I think this is the time you can have a conversation. You can look back and say, you know what? You know, at least we we talked about it. At least we we uh, we were bold enough to to ask those questions and and raise these you know things because you know if if we don't engage as an adult in this kind of conversation, I'm I'm more talking from work point of view or career mm-hmm. or more or less the work you know as in everything that we do. Mm-hmm. So I think it is it is very meaningful. I'm also mindful of the time, so uh, mm-hmm. you know we might uh, have. You know, probably five more minutes. So, KB, if you got anything that ask or Daniel, if you want to, you know, leave us with something, some practical ways that yeah, people some, can some do. Yeah, wisdom, hey. Yeah. Actually, um, yeah. Thanks for asking that, Nisha, because um, I'd actually love to end with a quote, if that's okay. And this is connecting to the theme of um, crisis. And I think you know, at a, at a time like this, we need we need someone who we can, you know you know, go to, you know, he kind of walked his path, right? And so I think um, just to have a bit of fun, we know like uh, the X-Files, remember the X-Files? So, you know, Dana Scully. So Dana Scully um, had this fantastic role uh, in a British drama series called The Fall. And she plays this um, British um, police detective who's leading an investigation uh, into um, quite serious crime that that was uh, conducted. But there's this brilliant quote that I heard her say, and just it just stopped me in my tracks, which I thought really encapsulates what we're going through at the moment. And so in this conversation, she says um, to, to this character who she's playing with the scene, she says, we all have those voices in our heads that tell us we're a disappointment, that tell us our work is insignificant, that it's not good enough, that it takes too long, that it's too hard. But when times are tough, we need tough dreams but real dreams, not lies. And I think what we're going through right now is tough. It's extraordinarily tough for a lot of people. And there's a real genuine crisis here. But what it does call for and what the biggest thing that I want to advocate for is that let's have tough dreams about how can we have great careers that we really enjoy and then how can we take care of each other and the planet um, and our economy at the same time. And it calls for having tough conversations to hold people to account to lobby for what we want. Um, and let's really, you know, hold that, you know, very deep in our heart to make those changes. It's a great quote. Yeah, I love you, it. Yeah. 
Great, so yeah, The Fall, check it out. Yeah. Great, great watching for uh, being at home. <laughs> but it's not, not good for kids, but, yeah, great for adults. Really good series on um, on Netflix, yeah, The Fall. Yeah, I, I think it, you know, we're all capable. I there was a saying I saw, it's like, there's a visual, it's like what we think we can do, what we mm. or what we think we can do and what we can actually do are very, mm. two very, very different things. And I think that's I think so. for this this time as well. Yeah. So, yeah. So thank you for joining us, Daniel. It's been a, a great My pleasure. Thanks for having yeah. me on. No, pleasure. Um, if you want to subscribe or if you want to find out what we're doing every day at 3 o'clock in Melbourne time and 10.30, is it 10.30 in India? Yes. I always get that we've changed time zones. <laughs> Daylight savings all very hard. But 3 o'clock Melbourne time, 10.30 in the morning in India and other time zones. But um, I, we, we send you an email daily that gives you what we're um, talking about. So I'll put the link in the comments if you'd like to subscribe to get the daily updates. And, um, yeah, thanks for joining us. It's been been great to, to, to be here again at 3 o'clock. Excellent. So again, Daniel, thank you very much for being thank there. You. KB, thanks for uh, you know getting uh, you know different guests uh, for this LinkedIn Live for the week. So this is uh, you know this is the end of this week's LinkedIn Live. Uh, we'll be back next week again on Monday. We have got fantastic guests already lined up for the next week's uh, you know session um, and. You know, all these episodes will be on the podcast uh, by tomorrow. So, you know, you can go and subscribe to the Your Career Down Under podcast, wherever you get your podcast from. And all these episodes will also be available there for you to binge listen right now. So until we see you on Monday, have a great weekend. Have a safe weekend. Uh, be healthy uh, and look after yourself and your loved ones. See you later, everyone. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thank you everyone for listening to the Your Career Down Under show. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you want to know more about how Your Career Down Under can help you, please reach out to us on www.yourcareerdownunder.com.au and if you have got a question about today's episode or if you want us to do a particular show on a particular topic, please reach out to us. We would love to do that. Until next time, be well.